Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to the Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we talk about and celebrate Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, David Stoker. And I'm your other co-host, Chris LaSalle. Happy Friday, Chris. Thanks, Dave. You too. Another another week in the bank. Yeah. I, I, minute 30 already. It yeah. feels like we just started, but we're already, we're almost a third of the way through the movie. I know it. It is uh, very exciting. I'm, um, as I said last minute, uh, you know, we got to that point where Kirk has says, you know, he's like McCoy, and you know the aha moment, and now I'm like I'm getting into it, and I don't know if it's about three quarters of the way of the movie, uh, uh, three quarters of this minute, and then I completely get taken right back out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I think I know what you're talking about, but. Let's try and stick to the whole chronological order thing. Yes. Because <laughs> I know we're, we seem to always want to jump to the end of the minutes for some reason. <laughs> All right. So as Chris mentioned, we're in minute number 30. Uh, this minute starts with uh, Sarek saying, yet both in pain, and ends with David and Savick uh, energizing on to Genesis. Yes. And I, and I, uh, I, do have, I do have to say I felt, you know, on Wednesday – I was talking about this line yet both in pain mm-hmm. because I forgot that this this line was at this minute. So I just I really feel like I failed as a movies by minute host by stepping into the <laughs> next minute, and I just I, I I acknowledge my mistake and I I feel shame. It is not logical to feel shame, Chris. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. But we'll begin there. So Sarek okay. says, you know, one alive, one not, yet both in pain. And I sort of was like going through it, and I'm like, yeah, we get it. You know, one's alive. McCoy is alive. One is not. Spock is not. And yet both in pain. Yeah. I, I mean, I just feel like he's sort of Sarek's student of the obvious here. And um, I, 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 I felt like this was supposed to be like one profound line, and maybe I'm just not, I'm just not buying it, or I just didn't like the line. Uh, I, the lines never bothered me, and, and I've kind of, I think I've been mostly dismissive of it. Mm. Um, like, okay, yeah, both in pain, sure. But when I stop now and think about what that, what he's saying, is like, oh, well, I know McCoy's having trouble, right? Yes. But they've done nothing for us <clears throat> uh, up until this point, and I will argue probably not throughout the, the film at all. Is we we don't know what's going on with Spock. Yeah, at all right now. There's no. They haven't done any kind of weird, you know, you know, Spock's memory floating in space or something, or you know, right. feeling lost, or we don't get any of that. Um, no, I mean they basically, have, yeah, that we had what, forty-five seconds of McCoy, if that. And we're already in minute thirty, and we had maybe a minute, not even a minute of McCoy. Oh, and you mean when McCoy was in Spock's quarters? Right. Yeah, you're right. That's true. That we've barely seen any of that as well. There's, there was yeah. other stuff that's happened, you know, in the script and in the in the uh, novelization. Some other McCoy losing his nut, you know, going a little nutty. Right. Uh, but you're right. Up to this point, we haven't seen much of it. So, and maybe that's why I'm this line. It just sort of, it just doesn't. It's supposed to be, and I feel like it's supposed to be like this big, profound, like one alive, one not yet. Yeah, but like, how do we know that? 
Like, how do we know that they're both in pain? That, yeah, we get it, one alive, one not. But I just, and I'm, I'm and I know I'm picking on this line a little bit, but I just feel like we have not re even. This is like our first moment of what this movie is going to become because we realize, oh my God, McCoy and Spock, Spock on Genesis. Like we sort of now are visualizing forward where this movie is going to go. Yeah. And we haven't really, and to your point, we haven't really investigated any of, like, what's going on with McCoy before. So, I mean, like, how can you even make that comment? How do you even know McCoy is in pain? I, I agree. This is a little bit of, you know, uh, what are the, you know, what is it, show me, don't tell me? Yeah, yeah I, I, I get it. I, and, and I get it. I, and it is, to me, it just is a, eh, I, I'm not buying the line. You know what would have worked, uh, maybe maybe would have worked within this scene is like after yeah. after kirk watches the flight recorder sees the remember line you know turns around and said mccoy will be what they could have done is like then like have kirk go you know cut away change cameras and and, and zoom in on mccoy uh of course mccoy's at home right now Right. Yeah. He's not. He's not. He's, a, he's not. He's sedated. He's sedated. But, you know, that would be an opportunity to, to show another another moment of whether it's what McCoy's suffering through right now live, or maybe what McCoy experienced right. yesterday, and show McCoy kind of flipping out. That would have almost made this line from Sarek fit better. Um, right. Because right, we don't. We don't. Sarek does. As far as we know, Sarek does not know that McCoy is having trouble. He's right. just assuming. Yeah, he's and I feel like, yeah, I guess, and I, yeah, and I know I'm picking on the line a little bit. I just feel like, again, and I've said this a million times already. I feel like it was supposed to be like this big, huge line, and I just feel like it's like it falls dead on, you know, dead on arrival a little bit. Wow. Well, Kirk doesn't. Uh, Kirk doesn't really doesn't seem to feel the weight of it at all. He's just more like, right. again, okay, what do I need to do? And yep. he almost literally says that, right? What must I do? What must I do? Um, so let's talk about it. So uh, Sarek says, you must bring them to Mount Saleya on Vulcan. Only there can they both find peace. And then Kirk, Kirk says, what you ask is difficult. So let's unpack that because to me, yeah. there's there's a lot going on there. Uh, right. You know, Kirk, I would think the first difficult thing is... Uh, I buried Spock at sea, <laughs> right? And as far as Kirk knows, there is I, no. I have no idea. I have no idea where he is. Right. Uh, his body burned up, for all I know. So, shouldn't he be saying that? Shouldn't that be the first thing out of his mouth? Like, well, uh, I don't have Spock's body. So yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I am of that mind, and I am a very. I don't want to say confused. I'm, yeah. Why doesn't he just come out and say, um, you know, there's no way to? Does this is one of those things? Like, we, we are we supposed to know? Like, are we supposed to be believing that we we have information? David and Savick and the uh, Reli I said the Reliant, the Grissom um, have already found that the. the the launch tube so we know as an audience we know that the the tube spock is technically yep. on the planet or we know yep. the tube is on the planet 
so we know that there's you know we're we're starting to 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 piece this together like oh my god the you know the, the tube is there mccoy has the katra like oh this is what we're doing but logically when you think about it kirk doesn't know that kirk shot the tube out and yeah. it could be anywhere he doesn't know that it landed on on uh, genesis exactly. why doesn't he say I, and to your point i agree with you why doesn't he say that he just says what you ask is difficult like no <laughs> duh man do, do, well maybe uh, is Sarek just saying when he says you must bring them to mount Salea, is he now just talking about them as in mccoy and saying, you know, McCoy's now them because there's two, two people in there. Right. So, and that goes back, I think, to our, our our discussion at the beginning of the week where we talked about Katra and about what the, you know, again, specifying non-canon, where they bring it to the, you know, the Mount Salia, and they basically deposit, I guess, Spock's Katra for further, you know, use in in the in the library of heads so to speak um or the the harry potter paintings like um maybe maybe that is what he is asking but then i think it goes even farther and i think this is where you're sort of going with the you know the the multifaceted line here of what you ask is difficult yes kirk does not know the body but secondly how is he going to get there yeah uh well yeah he doesn't. They. We know that the Enterprise is basically going to go to the scrap heap. <laughs> yep. So he doesn't have a ship. He's not a captain of a vessel. So he can't just like take his vessel out. He's an admiral on a desk job here at Starfleet Command. Yeah. I. Okay. So this. This brings up questions for me. That I don't know. If we, I know we've never really talked about it in. Uh, right. On this show and. Um, you know how prevalent is space travel right now you know is it like star wars where you know anybody could so a few bucks anywhere could, could, could buy a ship and, and travel right. anywhere they want or is it more like is is the future still kind of like you know today nasa like you know you're going to be a billionaire to be able to take a ride up and you know take an orbit around the earth you know is it is is, is that why it would be difficult so kirk just doesn't have access to and you know any old ship or a buddy with a private jet? I, I don't even think it's... And I and I joked when I said that about his... You know, he doesn't have a ship and, you know, the Enterprise could be mothballed. I, I think travel is prevalent. I think we see that in some of the... Some of the episodes, even here, Next Generation, all that kind of stuff. I see, we see that people have their own ships and they're traveling at their own peril, I guess, because they could be raided, raided upon by, you know, Klingons, Romulans, pirates, whatever, uh, merchantmen. Um... But I, you know, he's an admiral in Starfleet. He just, I, I just feel like the difficulty here is he just can't, like, I, I, what is he going to do? Say, you know, my best friend died and I need time off. And oh, by the way, I need this sick guy to come with me who may have his own duties to do or that he's not even allowed to leave because he's having such difficult, his, his own difficulties with what's going on in his head that other people don't realize. Uh, I love that you just equated that. Kirk's like, oh man, how am I going to get this time off? <laughs> well, I, he's been on this mission. I mean, yeah, I get he's uh, he's got. I'm sure he has downtime. He has shore leave. Right. Um, but I, I, he's an admiral. Right. Like he. <laughs> no, I just think he, he has things. He's got things to do. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I, I like that now. What you ask is 
difficult <laughs> I've used most of my vacation time this year. <laughs> Me and Spock went to, uh, you know, someplace last year, and I used my two weeks of vacation. But yeah, so many, there's, so I think that's when I was saying, let's unpack it, like, yeah, what is difficult, and you're right, so the list is starts getting pretty long, like, I don't have a ship, um, I don't know where Spock is, or as far as I know, Spock, there there is no Spock, so, you know, uh, it's not just a matter of hopping back on the Enterprise with McCoy and, and, and heading to Vulcan. But, you know, Sarek got there from Vulcan, so couldn't you go with Sarek? So, <laughs> well, actually, you, you, you say that, and I, and I go back to um, his line where he says, you must bring them to Mount Celia, and we, you know, does he mean, and you would ask the question, does he mean Jess McCoy with the two, you know, the two minds in his, in his head, Spock and McCoy, bring them... And Kirk interprets it as he them as the body, and that's why he says is difficult. Right. I, I'm, that, it's good. Like obviously, to your point, Sarah could just go and grab McCoy and be like, "We're going back to Vulcan." Yeah, I think right. I think he's thinking the body. I think that's the that's the difficult. Yes. That's difficult, and we all agree with that. Right. Oops. Yeah, and Sarah continues on, you know, with, um, you will find a way, Kirk. If you honor them both, you must. Yeah, that's a little meaning. Going, we're going back to this. You know, Sarek is just, I don't know, up and down in these in this in this sequence yes. of aggressive Sarek, sad Sarek, angry Sarek, um, and now he's like, now it sounds like in a way he's like giving Kirk orders, but you will find a way. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I don't know if I necessarily. Again, I am not disagreeing with you, but I. And so, yeah, he comes in and he is totally angry. You know, why did you leave him on Genesis? Spock trusted you. You denied him his future. All right, so we've been talking about this bring them, bring them, and, you know, back to Mount Celia. And then I'm going back to minute number 25 where it says, why did you leave him on Genesis? Spock trusted you. All right. So that line implies that Kirk knows that the body is... So I I feel like this is... We've uncovered a little bit of a mess here. (laughs) Um, Because we we realize that the Grissom has just found the the torpedo tube on the planet. Unless there's a disconnect of time. Well, it's... It it goes back to... It goes back to that that was supposed to be the beginning of the film. Right. So So if you have it at the beginning of the film, then you can kind of extrapolate that later in the film, all these moments that happened after everybody knows we know that Esteban sent a message back to Starfleet that they found the tube I would think that news would travel fast so I think it, if, if you had that if you had that moment at the beginning of the film this yes. flows better and all everything Sarek is saying and would you know it all it all seems to fit better it doesn't seem as impossible right so that goes back to your question of, you know, unpacking the it is difficult um, line, because now that we know that Kirk knows, that Sarek knows, that <laughs> Spock is on Genesis. We know that he knows, you know, we know. Right, exactly. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I I don't, I, I forgot that line, and I, now that we're talking about it and the difficulties of that you know, getting them back to Vulcan, I now sort of see it, but I just feel like it was a bit of a mistake. 
and maybe the mistake is, like you said, they should have put the Grissom stuff at the beginning of the movie so that we know that they have found, they've transmitted the stuff back and said, hey, we found the tube. And that way, Kirk and Sarek knows, because Sarek even mentions, he says, I have seen all the information from your government. I know all the information. Right, yep. um, or maybe, I don't, see, I, I'm going back and forth now, because I think Savick and David are even surprised that the tube is on there, because David even says, you know, close-range scan, a photon tube. You know, it must have soft-landed, yep, yep. you know. And Esteban does say, says, in code to Starfleet, Captain Spock's tube located on Genesis' surface. So, in that moment, the, they do the transmission. So, I guess, you know, are we supposed to believe that when they're back on Earth, that time has elapsed, that Sarek has been to Starfleet Command, he has gotten the information that they found Spock's tube on Genesis, and that's why he says the line, why did you leave him on Genesis? That, to me, makes a little more sense. Right. Now that I've sort of pieced it together. I am the Sherlock Holmes here, <laughs> and I have unpieced it. <laughs> well done, sir. Uh, you know, I, I don't consider myself, um, like, I don't think, I don't want to sound like I'm being, you know. I feel like having done this podcast now for, what, 140 or so episodes between you know, yep. a movie and a third, um, I feel like now I've I've learned some things that would make me if I tried to write a screenplay, and I if I try, I, mean, I don't have an aspiration to do so. But if I tried to write a screenplay, I think I would know uh, some of the things to avoid. <laughs> you right. know, just based on what we've, the things we've spotted and things we've talked about. Um, uh, continuity matters. <laughs> It does, and I and it's those, it's those little things that you you think about, like that one line: "What you ask is difficult." Like, well, what does that mean? Like, does Kirk know that Spock is on? And then you have to go back and and you know, five minutes earlier, we found that, you know just because we're doing the podcast and we're watching these, we know in the in the in the movie theater, we don't have the luxury of maybe remembering that Sarek may have said that, or that they you know that they know that they found the tube. We're I guess we're supposed to suspend our disbelief a little in that Kirk knows that the tube is on. This may come up again in a, in a future minute, and we just may not have gotten there yet. I think you might be right, but I think you also, you just hit it on the head, too. Like, uh, sitting in the theater, watching this in, in real time and live without the critical eye, no problem. Yes. Right? I don't have any problem with that line. Uh, it's just going to be difficult, because, yep, that sounds like a hard problem. Right. It doesn't sound like an easy problem just a hard problem i get yeah. it let's keep going um but yeah when you're on when you're you know dissecting it as we're doing then it gets it doesn't hold up as well right so let's go to the um Wait. so uh, where are you going first Wait, you know, know, Sarek says yeah. so let's finish with the you know and you had mentioned that Sarek was giving him an order he says you will find a way kirk and if you honor them both. And I originally was going somewhere before I started my Sherlock Holmes adventure of <laughs> knowing the, the pod. You know, he's very accusatory of Kirk in terms of, like, you have basically failed me, you failed Spock, you were supposed to bring him to Vulcan, and you are a bad man. 
like obviously he doesn't say that, but he sort of implies it with his anger yeah. that you know you have you failed you know everything here, and now he's praising him to the sense of like, you know you will find a way, Kirk. You know you are a good person. You have, and I'm reading more into oh. this line of, you know you will find a way, Kirk. You are talented. You are an amazing captain. If you honor them both, you must. You know I'm not taking it as much as an order as he has now building him back up where he tore him down a little bit uh, a couple minutes oh, ago oh okay sure i can see that now i did not pick up on that at all i've always thought it was a you better uh, but you're right <laughs> <laughs> you're right he, he could he he's he could be praising him like oh yeah you'll find a way you always do sure and then kirk, kirk with his grandiose moment i will and I, I swear. I swear. And when he says I swear, he looks directly into the camera. <laughs> I know we've talked like with the Alien Minute guys before, and they have commented on the Kirk hero pose. This is totally a Kirk hero pose. Like, this is his hero moment. You know, I will. You know, he's sort of off-centered in the screen a little bit. I will. I swear. I swear. And then the... And the you know the, the the good Star Trek music plays behind it you know the yeah. bum 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 you know it's like and I said to you I think offline that I got a little bit of the chills um, you know when when he says this and then you hear the music in the <laughs> background I'm like oh this is getting good well yeah speaking of the music and then <laughs> and then we cut away <laughs> and the music changes and we see the Grissom orbiting Genesis and that music change. To this light-hearted Star Trek theme makes me cringe. And so here's and here's here's why. Okay, so yeah, I love Star Trek. Clearly, I love it enough to do a podcast with you. Um, every Star Trek yep. episode or series or film has its ups and downs. Um, in Star Trek, the original series, you know, there are these lighthearted moments, these, you know, funny moments where the, uh, you know, the music, is, you know, the music gets lighthearted and plays, you know, that kind of that silly f- sequence that, you know, dun, 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 you know, that, not that one, but you know, I mean, like there's that Star Trek version of it, right? This like, it usually happens at the end <laughs> of the episodes when, you know, Kirk says something funny to McCoy or, you know, as they're wrapping things up. And I, 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 I never had a problem right. with those, but in the next generation, they have these. They would occasionally just have these moments of lightheartedness that, or just frivolity. These these scenes where you know it was it was more the day to day goings on with with the the, right. the cast and the crew, you know playing space tennis on the holodeck or something just <laughs> goofy Parisi squares yeah just yeah <laughs> was that that thing with the fingertips with the no that's the Parisi they never show you what Parisi squares is but... oh they don't okay no. I'm thinking of that dumb one with Riker and the... with Data Data and the, the the guy he's the grandmaster wizard yes. of the team and oh. Data realizes the way to beat him is not to beat him right right uh, yeah I hated that one too <laughs> really? That's, a, that's actually, I love that episode because that's the one where they have the war games and, um, you know, Kirk, I mean, Kirk, uh, Picard against Riker and Riker's got the old crappy machine and they have the Wesley's little project and they 
jury-rig it so they have uh, warp speed, and that's how they trick the Ferengi. And I, I found that episode to be maybe that, that moment where they're playing that stupid game, but the episode as a whole I thought was pretty good. Well, this, everything you described sounded great, but that, but <laughs> obviously the only thing I took away from that episode was that annoying Grandmaster guy. Oh my God, like one of the most annoying characters in Star Trek history. Um, and then the game itself, which was lame. And you also sounded like you were starting to describe uh, war games. Oh, <laughs> shall we play a game? Yeah, are we teaching the computer how to learn? Was that the was that the same episode where the they got the the ship to? go to warp speed for like half a second and you could see the ship in two places at the same time oh the picard maneuver that's no picard that's a maneuver, different episode yeah. i do like that one that's a that's a fun two two spots at once um so yes i agree with you i i feel like now i i'm sort of you know i, I get the chills i hear the kirk line they start to play the classic you know bump on a bum and you know my hair stands on end and then they come into this lighthearted, episodic music and i'm like oh, oh yeah you have just pulled me back out of being so engrossed not to mention that we hear esteban saying transporter room stand by now and we're looking at what is clearly a bad set and a bad transporter at least in my opinion yeah, you mean the you mean the blue screen beam effect where they beam into the set? Oh yes. my god, it's terrible. This this is going to go a check mark in the minus column for special effects. Yeah, I am, and that's where I, I feel like you know we we've I've been brought back to like oh my god this movie you know the Sherlock Holmes and the Watson you know they're investigating you know they're gonna go you know Kirk's gonna find a way to get Spock and McCoy to Mount Salia and like yeah I'm all in I'm all in and then we get here and I'm like record record scratch I'm not all in <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> yeah, okay yeah so so the music doesn't fit right we're, and really when it doesn't fit for a couple of reasons we're coming back to a sequence of mystery uh, when last we left these guys yes. there was a big mystery of oh my god did they find Spock's tube on Genesis, and now we're beaming down there. You'd think the music would be a little more ominous, like "Ooh, what, it's, what are we about to find?" Right? Yeah. Not this, like dun, 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 no, "Let's go have fun," and you know, "Happy go lucky." While let's we're at it, we'll go have a picnic on yeah. a journey. Jeez, um, <laughs> could we? Feel... <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to getting to the end of the season when we can <laughs> kind of do a look back. And you know, I know because we're talking about one minute at a time, so we can't really. You know, I want to take a look back at the film as a whole and say, all right, right. What, what did we really like? What did we not like so much? And, um, you know, when we're doing it one at a time, like, yep, hate this moment. <laughs> does, does not, doesn't, yeah. just doesn't, it, you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't look great. doesn't sound great. And it just doesn't, and it just doesn't fit. Those things combined just make it not fit with what's about to happen. <sighs> Disappointed. Welcome back to Tangent Disappointing Minute. The the voice that says, I, sir, energizing now? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was Savick. It isn't, though. It can't be, right? It's, it's the helmsman. Or at least that's what it's billed as. Is um, I'm looking at the, you know, Esteban's one that says, Transporter Room, Stand By to Energize. And then Helm, it says, Helm, I, sir, energizing now. Oh, that's weird, too, right? Why would it be the Helm's person? Yeah, exactly. Who the heck is this person? So we get our first, is a first glimpse of Genesis, kind of? Mm, no, because we get a little bit of a glimpse, um, as we know, that the torpedo tube is on Genesis. 
because we were privy to that glimpse at the end of Wrath of Khan, so we have seen Genesis before. Um, right, and now we get to see it. Which I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to ask a question uh, next minute because I am, you know, things go from bad to worse for me when we see the end of Wrath of Khan to uh, Search for Spock. It just, again, continuity is a big thing in movies, and I feel like we are getting away from that a little bit in some of these minutes. Can we, is it okay if we talk about what we see here for the Genesis planet? Sure. Do you remember Land of the Lost? <laughs> That's least act? Yeah. Will and Holly. <laughs> I forget how the song goes, but yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. In the seventies, right? Not the not the, the the film, the Will Ferrell film from a little while back, but yeah, the original. Uh, I get a little bit of that vibe here. <laughs> Early seventies, Saturday morning TV show for kids. This set is just. I mean, it, it looks like there's a painting back there. There's some shrubbery in the foreground, and I don't know what in between. It's it's not convincing to me yeah oh yeah that's why i definitely said it looks like a it looks like a set it it looks like we're looking at a painting like this looks like one of the old star trek sets where you would see yeah they bad foliage with a painting in the background of far away desert and mountains and you pan over to see more set, and that's when they beam in right. on the blue screen. There was this, there was a moment in, <clears throat> yeah. and it, it's it's interesting they have such a challenge visualizing and showing the Genesis project, you know, because when we were <clears throat> in in the cave on regular one, you know, they had I think it was all done with matte paintings, and so every time you saw the the people, they looked very blue screen superimposed. Uh, not unlike what we get in this minute when Savick and David beam in, they just look—they don't—they just don't fit. Um, and it's just—I find it odd that they had such a hard time pull, trying to pull this off. And I guess it's—they didn't have the budget to go on location somewhere to a jungle, because there's nothing right. on this that—I mean, everything looks—everything on this planet looks like it belongs on Earth, right? It doesn't look alien to me, which I don't think it's supposed to. Anyway, it's supposed to—it's uh, supposed to be based on Earth-like. Flora and fauna, or fauna? Wait, flora. Right. Flora. Yeah. Flora. I think so. Fauna would be animals, I'm assuming. So yeah, disappointed minute. Well, no, I, f- I feel like this is a good for the first mm, forty seconds. It's a good minute or thirty-five seconds because we get okay. you know the end of the Sherlock Holmes mystery here, and we've. Um, you know, we get a little bit of the classic music and the Kirk, you know, heroing it up and the, you know, looking in the camera, you know, I will, I swear. And then you, yeah, yeah it totally sort of takes a downward turn. Here we go. I'm going to spin it back up. The, the, there is a like half second shot at the very end of the minute where you get to see the Grissom again. You do. Yes. And, uh, so that kind of picks it up again. And, you know, I've never asked this question although we've talked about the starships and when you look at right. them and the enterprise had it, um, uh, a lot of places where there are windows, uh, everything's blue, like blue lights. Right. Hmm. And it's like, so what's that look like on the inside? Like if you were, are the rooms all lit up blue? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> you know, like that makes me think, is there a swimming pool in there? Cause that's the kind of lighting you'd see like in a swimming pool at night. 
it's just all neon blue like you're in the engine room you know that kind of like i'm trying to think what gives off that lighting (laughs) uh and it also makes me think of it you know it makes me think of oh no it makes me think of was jj abrams trying to answer that question when he made when he did the reboots because the inside of things in the kelvin universe look like they're very bright and blue Mm. Mm. maybe Ooh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explore that theory a little bit more throughout the season. <laughs> Ooh, I'm proud of myself for that insight. <laughs> um, well, that's it, baby. That's all I've got for this minute. Do you have anything else? Nope, I'm good. Yeah. All right. All right. So why don't we wrap it up and uh, get ready for the weekend? And it's Discovery weekend, right? Star Trek Discovery is yep. going to be on on Sunday. So uh, if you're listening to this on Friday when it airs, um, we're two days away from new Star Trek. Um, and there's so many questions uh, I, I have, and um, I'm I'm optimistic because I like the way it looks. Right. I'm cautiously optimistic because I don't know what the story is going to be, and that's going to be a big, big part of it. Right. Its success. Yep. Um. I, 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 do we, I know we talked about it, but I forget. Have we put money on whether or not they're going to reveal it is in the Kelvin timeline at some point as a surprise? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to, um, yeah, we'll have to see that. Um, cause well, what do you, what do you think? What's, what's your take? Do you think I, it's I, a yes or no? I don't know. I'm, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know we haven't really talked a lot about it, or at least I don't think we have, but um, uh, maybe in the Federation we have a little bit. But I am curious to know, yeah, because it does not fit, or maybe it does fit a little bit with the regular universe. The the uniforms don't seem to be right. The technology seems a little different. So I'm wondering, yeah, is this Kelvin or alternate universe? I don't know. Oh, you know, okay. well, so okay, you just made me think of something. So I did, I did just recently hear uh, that some nerds out there are saying that this could be a third timeline. Right. So right. Not, that's what I'm wondering. Not original series, not Kelvin. And we've obviously seen the Klingons, so we know that they are very different from uh, at, at the original yeah. universe. Um, yep. And we've only gotten a brief glimpse of Klingons in the Kelvin, so perhaps Kelvin, or I'm going to go with Kelvin or possible third universe, not related so to I, to not related. Yes. All right, so let's take that one step further. I think it's the mirror universe. Ooh, evil Spock. You think? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just I'm leaning in. Alternate universe, great. Let's call it the mirror universe. We're going to find out that there are, you know, Starfleet's the bad guys. Well, we do know that. Yeah, there are alternate universes. We know that there's the Kelvin timeline. We know that there is the mirror universe. So that we know there are other, as Viger would say, you know, they needed the ability to look beyond what it knew and had to find alternate universes and. All that kind of stuff. So maybe this is V'ger's journey. Maybe we're going to find out that V'ger's at the center of this. Oh my god. That would be awesome. Tie that in some way. That'd be interesting. You're, you are giving me goosebumps right now. <laughs> I, th- I, think it w- I think I think I think I would like that. I guess I guess where I'm going with it is 
I'm glad it's more Star Trek, right? Yeah. Um, I'm glad it's setting, you know, they're setting it in a, you know, a time frame before. Yeah. Yeah. Or be, I guess between, right? Between Enterprise and the original series. Yep. Um, but that would be an interesting take if it's, I don't know, I guess they've done that with the Kelvin universe, but it would just be an interesting take to see if it's a, you know, it's not quite Star Star Trek. Maybe I take that back because I still have mixed emotions right. about the Kelvin timeline. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm curious. I'm definitely curious. I'm excited, and uh, I'll be watching. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. You too. Okay. Should we uh, should we get on the phone or Skype while we're watching it so we can watch it together? Sure. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap it up here. We'll let people go enjoy Discovery, and uh, while you're doing that, if you want to uh, take a quick stop at uh, T Public. Uh, you can go check out some of the Star Trek Minute merchandise we have out there. We've got a whole bunch of fun T-shirt designs and sticker designs and mugs. Um, every purchase you make uh, uh, gives a little bit back to the show and helps us out with our production costs and whatnot, so we'd really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to be back again on Monday with um, Minute 31 of Star Trek, The Search for Spock, here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye. Bye.